Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. I think you guys mean business. I just wish pastor would get excited. I think we could have revival around here if we could get you fired up a little bit. Praise God. How many is glad to be in church tonight? What a, what a beautiful sanctuary that you have built for the Lord, and um, I believe he's worthy of it, and um, thank God it's not just sticks and stones, but I feel his presence that has filled this place, but um, I am um, impressed. This is amazing, man, and uh, what a beautiful place. I know, was, I know it was smooth, and there wasn't any hiccups, and not any hitches or snags or praise God. Well, here we are, and it looks like God's helping you fill it on up. Praise God. I feel tall behind this pulpit. Um, has David Morrison preached here yet? Uh, he, David Morrison liked this pulpit. Praise God. Huh? He, well, no, he might actually see over the top of it. It is a tremendous honor to be here, and um, I am very grateful tonight to have my family with me. And um, we don't get to be in church together a lot. But here lately, we're starting to make a habit out of it. And a little more. And um, I always like it when they're with me. And, um, it's been a while since I've been here. And it's good to be back. Give honor to the bishop and Sister Sampson. And um, all of their many years of consistent faithful leadership here and then um, all the great things that the Lord is doing and um, I'm as excited to be a part of this church and then we're excited about what the Lord's doing with Brother Caleb Sampson and his wife is it bishop and pastor now? Is that what the... I want to make sure I got all the titles right. Huh? Y'all won't sit on... Y'all don't like sitting next to each other? Y'all ain't... Y'all not fighting, are you? Okay. All right, just make sure. Pray. We'll, hey, he's not too big to whoop, is he? Huh? John chapter 21. Two days ago... Um, the Lord began to deal with me about the service I had been feeling after him, seeking him. And on Monday, I felt like I, the Lord gave me some direction. And um, I want to help somebody tonight. Anybody thankful? Anybody remember? Has there ever been a time in your life God sent you a preacher? And it, and it felt like you and the preacher was the only one in the room? I'm thankful for the times that the Lord has done that for me. I want to help somebody tonight. John chapter 21. And verse number 1. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise shewed him himself. There were together Simon Peter, and Thomas called Didymus, and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. 
And Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. And they said unto him, We also go with thee. And they went forth and entered into a ship immediately. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Then Jesus saith unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. And he said unto them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it for the multitudes of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter. Did you know <laughs> this Bible is not only inspirational, it's pretty entertaining. And it can be kind of funny at times. John's the one writing this. That's pretty arrogant of him to put that in there. Did you read what I just read? And that, and that disciple whom, whom the Lord loves, it's pretty arrogant for John to say that about himself. It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in, a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were 200 cubits, dragging the net with fishes. And as soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus said unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. And Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes, 153, and for all that were so many, yet was not the net broken. Jesus saith unto him, Come and dine, or unto them, excuse me, come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? And then I won't read it, um, but then this is what segues into that very poignant, moving, conversation that Jesus and Simon Peter have and all is well. I want to turn your attention though back to verse number seven. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. And now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him for he was naked and did cast himself into the sea. And did cast himself into the sea. Praise God. How many is thankful for, Lord, for the Lord, for his word? How many is thankful for the word of the Lord? I believe he wants to talk to somebody tonight. I said, I believe he wants to talk to somebody tonight. I want to preach about an all-in attitude. An all-in attitude. An all-in attitude. And if this leaves a little handle for you to hold on to, the old saying is it's all in the attitude. But I want to preach about the all-in attitude tonight. Would you set your Bibles down and lift your hands and ask God to help us here for the next few moments. Praise God. Praise God, you can be seated. Boy, I feel at home tonight. 
I feel real comfortable. I want to help somebody. The old saying is, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. The flip side of that is, they define the word insanity as doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. In July was 24 years that I've been doing this, and it's a particular passion of mine. I, I read first the scriptures for me, but I'm always looking through the lens of I want to see and extract, extrapolate things to help people who their relationship is with God is dysfunctional. It's a passion of mine. I, I hate to see people frustrated. I want, I want you to find your stride, your spiritual stride in living for God. And, and, I, and I, think, I, think there's a, I think there's a sweet spot. I'm not saying that you will never struggle. I'm not saying you'll never go through anything. Obviously, that's not the case. But I do believe that you can get things in order and that things can be lined up in such a way that you don't feel like that you're trying to dance with two left feet. I'm talking about a gracefulness, a fluidity. And I, it's just always been a passion of mine. And I look through these lenses as, as I'm reading scripture. How can I find things? I, I see too many people who just flail and fumble and and over time, what happens is people will do that to a point, Sister Samson. And then after a, a time of, of, of trying and failing and flailing and fumbling around, I've just watched this over and over. I've watched the patterns. Eventually what happens is the failure turns into frustration and then the frustration turns into finality and they just throw in the towel. I'm all, I'm all about, you just, uh, the, maybe your pastor, he may be the only one that might get more excited, but, but I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be right there with him. I, I'm all about people being born into the kingdom of God. I, I, that's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. But it is a grievous thing to me to see so many people who are born into the kingdom of God that don't grow in. We could not put a building big enough on this piece of property to house. How many years have you been here? No, no, how many years have you been pastoring here? 23 years. You couldn't build a building big enough and put it on this piece of property to house all the people in a 10-mile radius in these woods that have had an experience. If they're not here tonight. That bothers me. And, and, I, and so I'm always praying. And I'm, I'm, again, I'm looking through that lens as I'm reading scripture. I want to try to find, obviously something's broke. And I want to find what, what it is that we need to get that fixed. Because I believe it's not just the will of God for you to be born into this. I believe it's the will of God for you to grow in this and to stay in this. The, the wind that blows into a soul that causes a man by the evidence of speaking with another tongue to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That wind, that wind is not sent to blow them out. I hate to see people blown out. I, I believe it's the will of God for you to make it. I believe every person that God feels with his spirit that he, he intends for them to make it. 
Let me, just, let me just get down to where you're living tonight. I just want to tell somebody right now, you may be the one that's frustrated. You may be the one that's up and down and vacillates and fluctuates. and the, You've got all of this. Uh, you're in, you're out. You're in, you're out. You're hot, you're cold. Let me just tell you, God wants you to make it. It's the will of God for you to make it. It's the will of God for you to get it together. I want to preach to somebody right now. You may have failed, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. You may have messed up, but that doesn't mean you have to stay messed up. I want to get in somebody's spirit and tell you, come on, if he gave you the Holy Ghost, he gave you what you needed in order to make it. And I don't even want to say this, but I want you, really, I don't know another way to say it, but I want to say it this way because you understand, I want you to understand how serious about this I am. I would rather see somebody not born at all. I just, it, it's, I'm, maybe it's where I'm at in life and ministry, and I, I've seen thousands receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've, 322 in six months was the biggest revival I've ever had. I had three separate revivals at that place. Over 800 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in those, in those three revivals. I, but, and, and again, I'm going to, figuratively speaking, if, if people are being born, I'm going to stand on my head. And I don't want to get stuck right here, but I feel what I'm saying right now. I want people to stick. I want you, I want you to grow. I want people to grow, not go. I want people that are born to be. And there's too many people that are born that never, are you hearing what I'm telling you? They never enter into the being that God created for them to be. I want to preach to somebody right now. There is, there is something beyond your frustration. There is some things that you can... And I can't think of a better person who personifies this than Simon Peter. He, he got it together. Can I just preach that right now? You can get it together. But you're going to have to do a few things different. And God sent me here tonight. Come on, I'm loaded for bear. I feel like preaching tonight. He sent me here tonight to, to show you where you're missing the mark. He wants you to make it, brother, more than you want to make it. And if Simon Peter can get his business together, I'm just telling you, I believe in you. And, and this pastor believes in you. I believe you can get it together. If you really want to live for God, I believe you can live for God. I don't want to get the cart in front of the horse here. I don't know who, who I don't know who come up with it. I'd give them credit for it. But I'm going to speak this right here, and this is the premise of what I'm saying. The old timers used to say, it's hard to live for God easy. Come on, there's a lot of truth in that. It's hard to live for God easy, but it's easy to live for God hard. Come on, he's looking for, he's looking for the all-inners. He's looking for the... I'm not here playing games. I'm not here just, I don't even know why. I've seen people show up just to get their kids back. I've seen people get serious for a little while just to get their wife back. I've, oh God, let me preach this right now. I've, I've seen, listen, and God will do it. He'll fix marriages and he'll give your kids back. But you better be in this for more than just some kind of negotiated. If I do this, God, I don't know. I'm going to tell you about living for God. You've got to make a commitment. Come on, if God never does another thing for me, I'm going to live for him. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to be faithful to him. If he'll heal me, I'll live for him. That's not going to work. You know how many times I've seen God? That's how bad he wants people to live for him. I've seen God go ahead and heal them, Mom. In six months, they're nowhere to be found. 
It's because you got to come to him on his terms. My God, I feel this. You can't negotiate the terms of this relationship. You can't do this the way you want to do it. You can't even come to him. God have mercy. Unless he draws you. And you think you can negotiate the terms? You tell, I love God so much. But then you're going to negotiate. You're going to negotiate how much you divvy up or how much you give out. Come on. Y'all have too much church. There's too much going on. Listen, you can't negotiate those terms. Come on. How can you say you love him so much, but yet you want to negotiate and see how to look? Simon Peter had a hard time getting his business together. But the one thing he had going for him is I believe deep down he wanted to get his business together. And he loved God. And I'm not talking, I don't feel like I'm preaching to somebody. It's just bent on being a failure. There's just terms of the negotiation. There's terms of this contract this commitment, you got some things backwards and I just, I want to try to straighten it out in your mind tonight. You, 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 you're not, hey, listen, you got to do things his way. And there was still a part of Simon Peter that thought he could do things his way. Now, he eventually got around to it. And before I dive off into this, let me just preach a little bit of it. Two of the 66 books of the Bible bear his name. Scholars say that his, he was probably active, actively involved in, in more than just the first and second epistle of Peter. That he was probably involved in, in, in the writing and the bringing forth of some of the gospels. Simon Peter would go on and he would be the first preacher to preach the death, burial, and resurrection. And he had the respect of his brethren. Boy, I've never said some of this before in my life. You hear me. Listen to me right now. Come on. You need to get that thing. You need to get all the labels off. You need to quit believing what the adversary is telling you. Well, because of the way I've been and the things that I've done. Come on. Hear what I'm preaching to you right now. Come on. Everybody knows who I am. And oh, oh, here he goes again. Oh, come on. This is the third time he's prayed through this year. He ain't ever going to get his business again. Let me tell you something. Simon Peter got his business together to the point that when he stood up to preach the death, burial, and the resurrection, the Bible said when he stood, the other 11 stood with him. I want to preach this right now. Come on. I'm telling you, this church is going to love you. This church is going to get behind you. This pastor is going to support you. I've never preached that before in my life. God just sent you a prophetic word. We're not going to throw you off to the side. If you get in this, we'll get behind you. If you get in this... There can't be any, not a smidgen, not a sniff, not a whiff, not a remnant. It's not going to work if there's still a whiff of something somewhere that you're going to do things your way. You got to burn the boats. If you leave your options open. That's still you trying to negotiate the terms. Well, in case this doesn't work out, that's not how I got in this. I got in this, and if I don't do this, it's not going to work out. You didn't hear what I just preached. Well, if this living for God business doesn't work out, well, I've always got this to fall back on. No, come on, the quicker you wake up and realize living, come on, life, living life is not going to work out. Come on, they didn't know what I was going to preach. Your wife didn't know what I was going to preach tonight. Did you hear what the singers were singing? Not one song, both songs. (laughs) 
if, 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 if all it was, Bishop, was potential, Sister Samson, that's the thing that causes me to stomp my foot the hardest because the ones that have hurt my, my heart. Huh? The ones that just get me. The ones that I shake my head over. That the potential's not the problem. I'm just telling you right now. I'm telling you how I feel, and it's not just an inferiority complex. I wouldn't want to put myself up next to some of those people. Potential wasn't an issue, but commitment was. Talent, it wasn't, hey, it wasn't a deal. Come on, they oozed with it. My consecration. Come on, they didn't have any, they didn't have, they had some giddy up in them, but they didn't have any get up in them. And you got to have more than giddy up. You got to have get up. Come on now, let me preach the ocean style right now. I couldn't preach that up there in Canada. Them yuppies wouldn't understand that revelation. But I can preach that in the ocean. You ought to say, it's one thing to have giddy up, but you better have more in a shout. You got to have an attitude and a spirit that says, I'm not staying down. Hey, brother, I love it. Come on, I love it. There's a, there's a, there's a kindred spirit, and it's a, it's a great compliment, one of the greatest compliments I can pay you. There's a kindred spirit here, and, and, and what happens in Union City with the Uzzles is a, it's almost like you guys are brother churches, but I'm gonna tell you something. I've watched. I've been a part of that church for many years. Come on, I'm all about this shouting business, but you gotta have, a, you gotta have something deep down in your spirit after your feet hit the ground because that stuff's gonna be waiting on you when you get out those doors. Come on, and you gotta have your mind made up. Ain't no family member gonna talk me out of this. I'm not gonna be discouraged out of this. I'm not gonna be gossiped out of this. I've seen people that had giddy up, but they didn't have no get up. And you're gonna get knocked down. And Jesus said to Simon Peter, Satan hath desired to have you, to sift you, to sift you as wheat. I was preaching a few months ago and it finally dawned, the stars lined up and that finally hit me the way it needed to hit me. Sifting, sifting was the process of separation. That's been his game since the garden, brother. That, 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 that was the original deal. That was, that was the first right out of the gate. That was his first move. His first move on the board was I'm gonna try to separate them. God's holding out on you. Did he really tell you that? Is that what he really said? It's, it's the stratagems of Satan. He, that's, that's his strategy. It's to separate. He wants to separate you from this church. He wants to separate you from God. He wants to separate you from your God-called destiny and purpose. He wants to separate Satan has desired to have you. That he creates a breach. That he drives a wedge between you and I. But Jesus said to Simon Peter, I've, I've prayed for you. Whew. Brother, to anybody that believes, anybody who's bought in, to any kind of lie that God's given up on you, that's a pretty big deal. You don't find Jesus in his three and a half years praying for many specific things. I mean, he prayed for all kinds of things, but this is specific here. He said, I prayed for you 
Now follow me, because if you don't follow for what I'm about to tell you, you're going to miss what I'm about to tell you. He said, I, I prayed for you that, you that you fail not. No, that ain't what he said. That's not what he said. Maybe some of you are perfect, and maybe that's why you've never, that's maybe, maybe you've never had to fall into the arms of this verse. Maybe this verse has never brought you any consolation. Maybe that's why it doesn't register. But I, I, hey, listen, I don't think there's anybody perfect here. He didn't say, I pray for you that you wouldn't fail because it's going to happen. He said, I pray for you that your faith. And Monday, Monday, I'm driving and it hits me. I've thought of that before, that your faith fail. I've thought about that before and I thought it's important that our faith in God fails not. It's important that our faith in his forgiveness fails not. But there's one thing, babe, that I'd never placed on that list. It's also important that our faith in ourselves. And all of that believing in him and believing in ourselves, I don't think it can be separated. It's so interconnected. The relationship and the reciprocity, come on, the, the back and forth of both of those things is so interconnected. It's, 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 you can't separate them. He said, I prayed for you. You're fall flat in your face. But if, if somehow you can keep faith in God and you can keep faith in his word and you can keep faith in yourself, I'm telling somebody right now, I don't care how big a mess you've made. Come on, you can't lose faith in yourself. Hey, you may feel like all the odds are stacked against you. Somebody may have told you you're the face. You'll never get it together. You're a has-been. I've come to tell you that's a lie. You've got to believe, I'm going to get myself together. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it right. And he doesn't stop there. He said, I pray for you that your faith fell not. And then he says, and when... And when you're converted. He took all the guessing out of it. Well, I don't know how God feels about me. He, right there, he took all the guessing out of it. I don't know how God sees this. I'll tell you how God sees it. God sees you making it. He didn't say if you're converted. And he fails. He denied that it would ever be him. He makes a, a mess, man. You think you're a hot mess. Simon Peter was singing lead in that choir. Not once. Not twice. Three times. On top. It's all right to preach mercy here, isn't it? On top of cutting somebody's ear off. On top of cursing. And Jesus reaches down in there, Sister Samson, in the dirt, and he picks the ear of that, that Roman guard up and puts it back on the side of his head. And it wasn't so that he could save the aesthetics, the beauty of that man's face. No, that one swing, that, that one irrational moment could have cost Simon Peter his life. I believe, he, I, I believe Jesus put the ear back on that Roman soldier. keep intact what God had planned for Peter's life I've seen people do some stupid stuff anybody here ever done anything stupid has God ever covered for your hide he covered my hide when I didn't deserve it and the reason is, is because our purpose is greater Our purpose is greater than these little moments where we're 
Am I doing all right? Okay, so now, now he's left. Now, we know the rest of the story. Simon Peter didn't know the rest of the story, so he's left to sort all this out. I think at best that he probably lives somewhere between conviction and condemnation. Knowing and watching the patterns and the propensity of people, I'm certain that he leaned probably heavy in the direction of feeling condemned. He could not get out of his mind's eye looking over the fire seeing Jesus as he's being led away as he cuts his eyes back at Simon Peter. A cock will never crow again without the blood in Simon Peter's veins going cold. I don't think he was flipping about this failure. I think it hurt him that he had hurt him. It's the old story about the peers that were putting pressure on little Johnny to smoke. And Johnny wouldn't smoke. And they finally said, what, you afraid your dad's going to hurt you? And to their shock and amazement, he said, no, I'm afraid I'm going to hurt my dad. I think that's how Simon Peter felt. The, the condemnation of, man, what have I done? And how do I fix this? I'm preaching to somebody right now. How do I go to even start sorting all this out? This, bro, this is reality. This is what we're dealing with. This is just, and if we're not ready, we better get ready because that's the people that's going to come in here and sit on these pews. They're on multiple marriages. They got kids, but they're going to come in here and the person they're with now, they're not married to. I'm, I'm preaching right now. And we better, we better have something because we're going to have one shot with some of these people. And I'm trying to tell somebody that's in this house tonight, not Sunday, somebody that's in this house tonight. I want you to hear me loud and clear. I don't care how big a mess that you've made of your life. It's one thing to mess up. It's another thing to stay messed up. Is it all right to preach that? I, I, I want you to let it be known that this is a place that people can get their lives back on track. This is a place... Come on, we love our prodigals. This is a place that people can come home and get their business together. You don't know what I've done and you don't know what I said and the, and the community is so small and all these families are connected. Everybody knows. I don't care what everybody knows. I'm telling you right now, God's got a way of dealing with an elder brother spirit. I'm telling you, God's going to raise up people. You hear me? I'm preaching right now. Don't you dare. Don't you dare have in your mind who God can raise up and who he can't. It's going to blow your mind who God So I think somewhere, I think he, I'm, I'm close to being done, what you realize. He, he, I think somewhere he wondered if given another chance, if allowed to take the test over again. He's dead now. Obviously, we know he didn't stay dead, but Simon Peter. And, here, and here's, here's, here it is. I've already talked to you about this, but I'll mention it again. It's, it's failure, it's frustration, which leads to more failure. And then the frustration coupled with the failure, and it's, it's this vicious cycle that finally they just they give up. And then they just flee. They're gone. And, and so Simon Peter just, and, and people... I, again, I don't question. I believe he loved God. But they go back to what they know. And so he's, he goes back to fishing. I'm going to preach this right now. I am going to preach this right now. It's an all-in attitude. It, it matters. You hear what I'm telling you? It matters. 
I can tell you real quick. Somebody comes in here and prays through. Come on. And it's not that I'm some great prophet. I've just been watching this a long time. Come on. You come in here and God does something for you and he gives you an experience and your tears run down your face and you talk in tongues. Come on, let me tell you something. You better not come in here the next service with your hands in your pockets. Come on, with your arms folded. You, you, that's not going to cut it. But you show me somebody that shows up that next service. Come on. And they got their shirt tucked in. And they got their hair combed. Come on in there in the prayer room before church starts. And when worship comes. Come on. They got their hands raised. That doesn't mean they got it all together. But they've got an all in attitude. And an all in attitude. There's a big difference between having it all. I'm preaching right now. I said there's a big difference between having it all together and having an all-in attitude. God's not looking for anybody to have it all together, but he is looking for you to have an all-in attitude. And you're not going to get it all together if you don't have an all-in attitude. He negotiated. He delineated. He laid the terms down. And there's no way to change it, bro. It's your whole heart. It's all of your mind. It's all of your... Boy, I don't want to go chasing rabbits. But, brother, I'm a one God preacher. You cut me open. I bleed it. But hear the first thing, no pun intended. Hear, O Israel. Come on, I'm, come on now, hear. I'm back to that giddy up and get up. Hear, O Israel. You better have more than doctrine. You better have a determination. You better have more than holiness. You better have an ear to hear. You can't, hey, you can't see God without holiness, but you, you're not going to see God without, without an ear that's inclined to hear. He said, hear, O Israel. Hear, O Israel. Come on, if you can't hear it, I'm still preaching about an all-in attitude. Come on, pastor, tell me what I need to do. Come on, God, speak to me. Come on, you pick that Bible up and tell God, show me where I'm missing it. Show me where I'm falling into the same hole. Come But if you, if you won't hear, surely I got a few more minutes here. Now, I ain't trying to preach over your head, but this just indulge me. Maybe somebody here gleaned something. This is kind of stuff speaks to me. There's only two places in Scripture. I want to get the wording right. Let me step back up here. There's only two places in Scripture. John 21, verse number 9 is one of them, where it says, And they saw then, or as soon then as they were come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there. Now, there's other places in Scripture that speak of coals of fire. But there's only two places in the New Testament where it speaks of a fire of coals. Can I tell you where those two places are? Obviously, this is one of them. This is, if I could say it this way, John 21 is the coal. It's the fire of coals where Simon Peter gets it on the right track. The other place that the fire of coals is mentioned is where Simon Peter got it off track. It was the fire of coals that he was standing next to warming himself when he denied. It's the only two places in the New Testament that it's mentioned like that. That is powerful. God will bring you back. 
and he'll let you take the test over again. And I think he's rehearsed this in his mind. Now, I'm closer to being done once you realize, but let me use my imagination. Tell you what caught my attention, Bishop. By trade, Simon Peter was, he was a fisherman, okay? The muscle memory, it's, it's not, when you do what he's done, and you've done it as long as he's done it, it's, it's, it's just something that you don't even have to think about anymore. It's second nature. God uses things. Oh, I feel this. He uses things that he knows connect in our lives to get our attention. He, he used a shepherd. He used a lamb. He used a parable of a lamb and a parable of sheep when he sent a wake-up call to David. Okay, I, I think it's the same thing going on here. And, and I think, I don't know this for sure. This is just the way I see this. It's that it's all in the narrative, and it's all right there together. Are you with me? He's Simon Peter's, he, all night he's been casting a net. And in his mind he knows that for, to receive, something has to be released. Oh, you're not hearing me right now. Something has to be let go of. And, and, and I don't know if, maybe it's just something that the, the, the motion has been repeated so many times, but I, I just feel like something finally, something crossed itself and, and a light come on, an epiphany. And he's, he's all night, he's cast this net and you can't receive unless something is released and you can't, you, it's got to, it's got to go out before it can come back. And, and there's this net and Jesus one more time, come on, as he, he shows up on the shore and I'm, I'm headed, I'm headed to it. You need to have your ears open right now. There Jesus is on the shore. There's Simon Peter in the boat. And there is a geographical gap there. But you hear what this preacher is preaching to you right now. There is more than just a geographical gap. There is a mental gap. And there is spiritual separation. Come on. And Simon Peter feels a long ways from Jesus because of the condemnation. Come on. There is a geographical gap there. But there's more than just a geographical gap. I'm going to preach to somebody right now. Hear what I'm telling you. And the Bible says, I just feel like it all lined up because it's talking about casting nets. Then all of a sudden, the net casting is over. And the Bible says that when Simon Peter realizes it's Jesus flipping a fish, the Bible says that he girds himself, he covers his nakedness, and he casts himself. He didn't put one leg in. You're not going to help me preach right now. He didn't, he, didn't have one, he didn't have one foot in the boat and one foot in. He didn't get his toes out there and, and see, well, I don't know how deep that is. I don't know how cold those waters are. Come on, I don't know what's swimming around there. There was no testing of the water. No, the Bible says that he, come on, total abandonment. He cast himself. It's all in. He cast himself. Come on, all of my mistakes, everything, everything that encapsulates himself, all of my mistakes, all of my failures, all of my good, all of my bad. He cast him, himself in. And I remember when I was sitting, this service in mind, and it came. You ready? The shortest distance between where you're at and where he's at. The fastest way to bridge the gap. That's it, bro. It's to go all in. You can say there's years, there's all kinds of waters on the bridge. 
come on, there's baggage, there's stigmas, there's probably people whispering behind my back. I'm preaching to somebody right now. There's a geographical gap. No, there's more than just a geographical gap. There, there's, a men, there's some mental things. There's some spiritual things. Come on. I, I, I'm sure Simon Peter, there was parts of him that didn't know if he'd ever get another chance again. Come on. There's a great abyss there. Come on. There's a great abyss mentally. There's abyss. There's an abyss there. There's a black hole. Come on. It seems like a long ways from where he's at to where Jesus is at. But ladies and gentlemen, the fastest way, the shortest way, the quickest way to get from from where you're at to where he's at. Come on, you gotta go all in. You gotta get all the way in this. Come on, you gotta jump in with both feet. Come on now, back to where I'm started. Come on, are you tired of flailing? Are you tired of failing? Are you tired of flopping around? Come on, are you tired of being frustrated? I'm telling you how to succeed. I'm telling you how to make it. Come on, if you're gonna go, you gotta go all in. If you're gonna go, you gotta go all in. He's not throwing a net now. Brother Marks, what are you driving at? I'll just tell you what the Lord spoke to me. I'm telling you something right now I've never said publicly. I've seen people that if they'd give, if they'd give themselves to God the way they give themselves to their boss. You wouldn't think about missing work. Woo, it just got quiet in here. You ain't, hey, you ain't, you ain't missed work in 25 years. You gone to work with the COVID. You gone to work with the flu. You gone to work with strep throat. You gone to work with a broke arm. There ain't anything going to keep you at home. You go to work. Come on. Something's got to connect. Simon Peter, you got to do more than just cast the net in. Come on. Something's got to connect. God's saying, if you just give me what you've been willing to give the business, what you've been willing to give your boss, what you've been... I think something snapped off in Simon Peter. He said the net can't be full, full of fish unless it's cast out. And I can't be full, come on, of God. I can't be full of purpose unless I cast myself in. I feel it. I feel somebody right now with that attitude. Uh, just give me time. Give me time. You, you still take, checking the water temperature. You trying to figure out the depth before you go. He cast himself into the sea. All of its ambiguity, all of its uncertainty, all of its, do you, do you know, it's predictable, but it's, it's going to sound like an oxymoron. It's unpredictably predictable. I don't care, I don't care nothing about getting in the ocean. I don't want nothing to do that. Huh? I ain't getting in there. I don't, I, hey, I don't like when that, I don't like when it comes in and I sure don't like when it goes out. Starts pulling on my little fat legs. I don't swim well enough. Brother, it'd be a beach well. I'm just telling you. Huh? It's dark and there's sharks and there's snakes. I hope you never get out of your mind because this is the imagery God gave me. Just, and you, and you want us to leave you alone, just, just let me ease back in this. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. I know a guy right now, talent's not an issue. 
I'll take it a step further. Anointing's not even an issue. But he, he just wants to, he wants to keep his leg hung over the edge of the boat. She's still struggling, and she's still struggling because it's an all-in attitude. That was the whole deal with Ananias and Sapphira. There's something they want to help. something they want to hold back. You find how many times in Scripture that Jesus said, "You tell that as a memorial." There ain't very many times. There's not very many times. He said, from this day forward, you tell what this woman's did as a memorial. You know what she did? She broke the box. It ran through her fingers. Of course, Judas would say it's waste. Because he never got in with both feet. He got around to it. History bears it out, and I can't hardly. I, I had to try to, and this is not melodramatic. I had to try to. He, he, he got around to the attitude of all in. Because history bears it out. History bears it out. He got around to all in. It come time for him to die, and he would die as a martyr. They said, we're going to crucify him. And Simon Peter said, you might, you might crucify me. But you're not going to crucify me the way they crucified him. The day he went over the edge of that boat with both feet, he never, I'm going to let my wife preach if she keeps it up. When he got over the edge of that boat with both feet, he never looked back. He never looked back. He never. Well, I'm glad Simon Peter wasn't a hunter. I wouldn't use this analogy. He never went fishing again. <laughs> you know what I mean. He may have went fishing again. You know what I mean. It wasn't. There was never another option in his mind that if this doesn't work out. Just give me a keyboard player, please. Help me, Bob. I'm almost done. The shortest distance between where you're at and where he's at is all in. Brother Marks, what does that look like? Well, just like the dark night and the mysteries of the sea, There's a lot of things that you can't articulate about all in. It's an attitude more than it's anything. Somebody that's all in is willing to do whatever. But I don't think it's any accident that once Simon Peter got around that fire of coals now for the second time that Jesus asked him lovest thou me now there's all kinds of theological discussions about what he means next when he says more than these some of it's interesting I'm not here to sort all that out tonight what I want to bring to your attention is all three times that the question's asked, it's always responded to as feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. The third time it was feed my lambs. I think that the all-in attitude, it's just that, it's an attitude, but I believe it exemplifies, I believe it shows itself willingness to work I just want to be involved 
if you're all in Simon Peter huh? it's, the, it's the test of an all in attitude if you're all in get involved get engaged when it's time to worship worship when it's time to pray pray when it's time to respond to preaching respond to preaching I just watch patterns Sister Samson, I watch patterns. And it's the attitude of that one. In the first three months, you may not be ready to lead the choir. But there's something somewhere for you to do. And anybody, I've watched this over the years. And if somebody's got the attitude of, of just wanting to be involved, is there something I can do? Some, just give me something to do. That, those people make it. That, that's an all-in attitude. If you're all in, all right, go to work. That's what he's saying to Simon Peter. We can get in all these big theological discussions and I'm interested in it and it's riveting and I like it and I'll preach out of it in the future. But the bottom line of it is, he just said, you love me? Yeah, I love you. Go to work. Get busy. Well, I don't have it all together. You don't, have to, you don't have to have it all together. And I'm sorry if we've made ourselves appear that we've got it all together. Because we're just trying to keep it together. Can I tell somebody something right now? You don't get everything right before you come home. You don't get everything together before you come home. You come home to get it together. It doesn't have to end this way. I, I'm just, I know God sent me to preach this. It doesn't have to end this way. But if the outcome is going to be different, you've got to approach this differently this time. And you can't do it with one foot in the water and one foot in the boat. He cast himself in. Have you ever seen anybody cast themselves on the altar? Hey, I've watched this, bro. Brother Marks, you're splitting hairs. I'll go back there and pray for them. I'll do it. And I've seen some of them move. And I've seen some of them stick. But brother, it's in ones that don't let me get finished. Brother, I've had them. I've been standing in the middle aisle like this and have them go by me with their finger up just like this. It's me. Just Sunday, I watched a guy. And I think it was the shock of a lot of people because he looks like on the outside, he's got it all together. He didn't wait for everybody else to come to the altar. He didn't wait on me to make an altar appeal. He threw himself in. You're not going to get it all together. Do you hear me? You're not going to get it all together if you don't ever go all in. All your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And I see people want to show back up. And, and I, hey reasons they show back up are legitimate reasons and I'm glad you're here and not the bar but you got to have more than the fact that your family's falling apart I'm here because I love him and I'm here because he loves me and I'm here because I want to make it and I'm here well if my husband or my wife that's not an all-in attitude he said as for me it starts with me before it ever gets to the house It's all in. 
Abraham left Ur of Chaldees. It, they weren't perfect people. When I read through through, through the hall of the hall of faith in the book of Hebrews, it wasn't, they weren't perfect people. It was people who were still striving to get it all together, but they were all in people. Let's stand. I thank God for this man, but there's 10 more that should have already been in this altar right now. Young person, this is the difference. This is, this is the difference. I'm glad my kids are in this service because Kate and, or Kai and Addie, this is the difference. This is the difference between the ones that make it and the ones that don't. You do this, you do this with an all-in attitude, you'll make it. If this is only something you do on the weekends, you won't survive. If there's somebody down here that you love, if there's somebody that's had the courage to throw themselves, throw themselves into the sea, throw themselves into the service, throw themselves into the altar, I wish you'd pray with them right now. If there's somebody down here that you want to see, make it. Come on, if you're remembering the day that you threw yourself in, come on, you jumped in with both feet. Brother Marks, there's a gap, there's a bridge. Brother Marks, there's a gap. I'm telling you, there's a bridge. And the shortest way to bridge that gap is to go all in. Come on, there's people I'm preaching to right now. You've got to move. This altar's open. Come on, you've got to make up in your mind. I'm not going to check the temperature with my toes. I'm not going to ease in. Well, give me time and give me space. And come on, I've got I to gotta go slow at this. Come on, you can't dictate the pace. I guess you can. But if you try to dictate the pace, you won't run the race. You won't finish the race. Ask of me, I will not win.